Hello. Hello, everybody. Today you have Jake and Seth, and we're going to be discussing the 2021 film, The Black Phone, starring Ethan Hawke, and really just Ethan Hawke, a bunch of other randos, uh, directed by Scott hey, Derrickson. Jeremy Davies is kind of a guy. I don't know. <laughs> Keep going. Who, who's it? I, uh, I mean, Ethan Hawke and... Jeremy Davies really think they belong on the same uh, same wavelength there. It's, it's really kind of that's the nicest thing anyone ever said from Jeremy Davies. For anyone who doesn't know who Jeremy Davies is, he's the guy. He was one of the uh, lame side characters. He had like three episodes and lost. That, that's his claim to fame. Uh, James Ransom is not. He's someone who I think Hollywood wants to be big, uh, but that's not happening. And then there's a couple of child actors just floating around there. Um, this film was directed by Scott Derrickson with a screenplay by by Derrickson uh, based on a story from Joe Hill. Joe Hill is Stephen King's son. Uh, This film had a ton of buzz. And I actually, it says 2021, but I thought that was weird. It has a 2021 release date, but it really came out in theaters in 2022. So excuse the confusion. It came out this past summer, which I thought was the case. Made for 16 to 18 million, made a uh, made more than 160 in the box office. Huge wow. hit. Yeah, crushed it in the box office. Huge hit. Um, critical response was 83% on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, B-plus on CinemaScore. A lot of, lot of positives going into this film. And quick, quick, quick backstory. Um, I was excited for this film. I love Ethan Hawke. There was a ton of great buzz around this. I, I liked Sinister, which Scott Derrickson did with Hawke in the past. I like um, I lo- yeah, and I, th- I think Derrickson's a pretty good, uh, pretty, pretty good director. And I'm going to kick it to you in one second, Seth. But before I do, I'm just going to say I was monumentally disappointed in this film. <laughs> so and all that, uh, much to do about nothing. So with that, I'm going to kick it to you, my man. I'm uh, pretty much right there with you. I was about this movie, and so I kind of saw it late one night, and I was like, I'll throw this thing on. I like Ethan Hawke. Um, yeah, like I like that Sinister movie. I knew it was... The- like, oh, maybe they're gonna, you know, same formula, maybe it'll work for them, but it didn't click for me. Um, I will say, like, it does a pretty good job kind of taking you back into the 70s, and like, there's a real rawness, and like, there's a real 70s vibe that it kind of captures in terms of like being sort of like a middle school age kid in that time, and like how it might have been. But the, the movie makes some very cool decisions i guess is what i would say and just in terms of how it plays out own concept in general i'm not sure i i was like fully realized it um ethan hawk you know credit i think he's trying also spends a lot of the film wearing a mask and you know i don't think that the character in particularly was like was you know i felt like it could have gone a lot deeper with him and so like the villain too, you know, I think in his mind, he's thinking maybe try to be something iconic, like a Hannibal Lecter or something, but it just, it didn't, it just didn't strike me as like the deepest character either. And so, yeah, unfortunately this movie ends up being a disappointment. (laughs) Yeah. And I want to hit, I think you hit on, I want to hit on something quickly that you noted. It does an excellent job of setting. Like, I do think it did a good job of putting this in that setting. But one of the things that was really like that kind of stood out to me 
the first 20 minutes was pre- pretty gratuitous of child children beating the shit out of each other. Like, yeah, and I'm not, I'm really not a squeamish, but it, I wasn't clutching my pearls or looking away in disgust, but I wasn't entertained. I didn't find it particularly rewarding in a storytelling standpoint. And I thought they got their point across pretty quick, but they just kept having, to me, it felt, they felt, it was borderline, um, I'm trying to think of the right term here. It, it was borderline, almost like fetish, fetishization of children fighting, I felt like. It was just very weird. Yeah, yeah. they go a little overboard. I mean, I think the point they're trying to make is like back then, there's not as much authority around day basically you get the shit beat out of you when you went to school um but also like they really go to town on it like there's people getting their jaws broken and nosebleeds and like bones are breaking and it's just kind of like i mean i think everybody's experienced that to uh, some degree and like yeah and this i think it was a little bit rougher than other eras but like i think they go a little over for for sure like most school fights honestly are people flailing and like rolling on the floor and like nobody really gets a clean shot in, but like well, there's like three or four fights in this where people are like really getting tagged. <laughs> well, that's a, two things. Yes. Most likely one that that was our most fights, especially where we're from, but in rougher neighborhoods, even today, like the idea that like, I would, I would challenge you to go to some inner city schools and say it's much easier today than it was in the seventies. Like, I, I don't think it's the idea that it was harder, rougher back then. I think, like, there might, uh, to me, again, I feel like it's this weird fetishization, like, oh, we were tougher back then. Like, I don't know. You're definitely more racist. There was definitely less, like, oversight. But, like, yeah. were the kids actually tougher? Like, I'm not, I'm looking at our parents' generation and I'm kind of like, maybe not. Actually, that's not our parents' generation, just the one, like, 20 years above us. They don't seem yeah. particularly tough. And I'm not trying to get, like, an ageist thing here, but I, I just, I, I guess, I agree. I, I hear what you're saying and I see what they were doing. Um, I just kind of disagree with the, I, I disagree with the premise and I yeah. don't think it, I don't like the execution. I, like, I, would, I mean, honestly, like most school fights probably have more to do with the neighborhood and location than like the year or era that it's occurring. Um, I think that's a valid point, but they do seem to be trying to like tie it. Like it felt to me like they were trying to make a subtle statement about like the early seventies and just like, how you know a lot of these kids were latchkid keys their parents were working so they're walking home on their own at night like after school and stuff and so you know i think there's just a lot more i don't know sort of free See, I, I i like that aspect the latchkey like all of that makes sense but like the the intrinsic combination or how that was intrinsically tied to the violence they were surrounded by like i just um and i'm, I'm gonna stop harping on it every everything you said is correct like and, and now that you said it i yes like i i I, I'm, I'm not confused. I'm just, I guess I'm more so questioning the approach. They went overboard with it. And like, you know, one or two fights, I think gets the point across, but they, they really go, they go pretty hard and like really graphic with those fights. <laughs> and I got, with the one, I guess, as I say that, the, the two things from a storytelling perspective, removing, actually, I guess, actually dropping my pearls and taking one step back from a storytelling perspective. I think the two things that it would kind of serve was one showing that, that the really his friend who was really tough showing that he was taken by the grabber, like, like it adds an element 
it's like um, a villain in a cartoon or a video game. Like have them kill someone important, big, or and it's like okay, now they just beat the strongest person on the block. But with that being said, like that's effective if it's an adult. It's a kid. You just killed the kid. Like I, and that and that for me, it's like, and I guess my my problem with the approach to this movie is. Honestly, it feels like it's from a child's perspective, but it's through an adult lens. And that's my biggest problem. Like, they could have focused more on the latch key. They could have focused more on him and his sister. Like, why not have a couple more scenes of them trying to fend for themselves at home? Or, like, maybe there's someone knocking, like, a weird door salesman knocking on the door. Like, I don't know. Like, there's other ways to show children fight, fending for themselves. And the only other, the last thing I'll say is, like, I know... Finney couldn't fight. Learning to fight was you don't learn how to fight an adult in a locked room in an hour. Like it's just is like it just is really stupid. Like it, it just it didn't no, work. I, mean, I think you're onto something with like it's like a child story through an adult lens. Like when I when I, when the movie kind of starts and you see some of that the school violence and stuff, I was really curious as to how far they were going to take it once we second act with with Ethan Hawke and the kid being captured. I was really something borderline crazy like I, there was a moment in the movie where i was like man how far they're gonna go if they're showing this early on but then once it gets into that point the kid is captured and he's down in that basement that's where i was like man this movie didn't go where i wanted it to it turns into the, all this kind of like and again i don't know if it's meant to be hallucinations or if it is just a magical phone whatever's going on down there he's like getting calls from previous victims of the of the snatch and they're kind of giving him tips as to like what to do in the room and how to maybe possibly escape and stuff. And it was just kind of like, none of that was what I wanted to watch. Honestly, I wanted something that was much more like gritty and realistic. Once I got to that, like suddenly it kind of turned into this kind of magical thing. And that extended over to his sister too, that starts having the dreams and like starts piecing together her own way of like trying to find him once he's gone. And all of that, I was like, what I didn't find um, to be super interesting or like, I didn't think it was like developing the characters. And like, I just, I thought there was a much better way to go about this type of, and it just didn't go the, the way I thought it would. <laughs> I think you're right. I th- I, I, now you say that, I think removing all supernatural elements would, yeah. would have made it really good. Uh, granted it can't be called the black phone, but have it be called the grabber or whatever. Like, but for, for me, the black phone, it, it didn't work from like just like the like the rule like let's talk about the own the the universe the laws of that like w- within its own universe i know there was a limited time they could speak but i didn't really see rhyme or reason to who was speaking to him like it, it was just like very do ex machina or like whatever is convenient yeah. it was like very convenient for the plot and that's fine but like you're going to this extent to build the self-contained world have the black phone make a little more sense to me. And with that yeah. being said too, what was the point of the sisters' prophetic dreams? They have almost no bearing on the actual plot. And like, I thought it was going to be her convincing her dad of something. Like her storyline is like not even complimentary. It's not even parallel. It's really just like distracting. Like it's, it, it is. It kind of just breaks up what's that, like, because of, for the whole second and third act with the kid but it, it's like and it's, you know she helps the cops at some point to find the guy but it's like but then it ends up that they find the house with the dead bodies and not the house across the street which i, I that that 
So I was like, why is that a thing? I mean, why wouldn't you just, I don't know. Get That's what I mean, though. It's like, yeah, it's like, oh, it's, it, it's nothing. Like, it was it, it was a distraction. Like, and, and again, it's, you can, I'm not... I'm not the I'm not the writer. You can make whatever movie you want, but for me, I was the supernatural elements didn't make sense, and I know that sounds ridiculous because supernatural elements, by definition, can't make sense in a logical scientific world. Uh, but in the movie world, as we said, like usually you set up certain rules and you just kind of create some like guardrails or at least like put some structure around the magic so that people can understand what it is. Um, like the 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 idea he couldn't use the black phone to call his psychic sister to resolve it. Like I just don't know. Like it was weird. Like it didn't. I know it did. It didn't. And like, or at least kind of like that phone turned into this magical like community because like Ethan Hawke's like the phone's been unplugged since my childhood and like just kind of leaves it at that. And so it's like I don't understand what why down there the phone has all these powers all of a sudden and like the movie but just that whole device in general just wasn't working like the kids randomly call i don't know why one kid calls it a different it just didn't (laughs) none of it like it 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 just didn't like why finney why why him before yeah not like his dad loved him. <laughs> like I mean, like I'm not. Just, but like I don't know what made him special. We don't know. And it's like, and then it's like again, like oh, he's the everyman. It's like, but he's not the everyman. This is a horror story. He's supposed to be the last. The survivor in a horror story isn't the everyman. It's like, they're literally, the exception. He's not the everyman. I just like it. We kept, and I know he's more confident by the end. But I, I'll stop. I'll stop harping on that for a second. But one of the things I will say, like talking about why I was so disappointed in this film. Scott Derrickson was initially supposed to do, he directed Doctor Strange. He was going to do the sequel. Rumors were that he wanted to go really lean into the nightmare, uh, sorry, the horror aspects of the character, specifically focusing on Nightmare, who's a major villain in the horror, and to Strange and in Marvel. Spoiler alert, he's the Lord of Nightmares. That, that's his power. Um, so obviously a fun of tongue ground to play with there. We've now seen, since it came out, they did, did Doctor Strange and the with Scarlet Witch as the as the villain. That is clearly what happened. They, they wanted to switch the focus of the film. He didn't want to do that. He left um, for one reason or another. So he came to do this film. And he actually got it out pretty much in the same time, although clearly different production timelines with big blockbuster movies and this. But ultimately what happened, this comes out with this, all this good buzz. I go to see it. And again, just bummed like this is i think one of his worst movies i'm just like so disappointed and i'm not mad at him for not working on doctor strange and the multiverse of madness i like that film like there's nothing i'm not mad at marvel i get that things change sometimes but i'm just really disappointed like he's done so many i think he's done a lot of better films and to me honestly like we talk about this a lot this feels like a script that really needed like through the the yeah, ringer agreed and like i i'm all i came out of it like kind of confused as to like where the good buzz came from and how it made the money it did because i was like when i went into it i was i just didn't think that was like kind of fake buzz i guess but then once i watched it i was like oh this was a 
Um, and so, and it's kind of sad too, because like, it sounds like he was, you know, involved with Marvel and then kind of made a swerve back into movies and like goes back to Ethan Hawke as well, which is like, kind of seems like it, that should be his bread and butter. And so, yeah, you're right. It's like, maybe they rushed it a little bit or something, but like the script needed another run through or just like needed some like punch because like it just doesn't i mean not to say the plot doesn't hold anything but it's just like there's so much stuff going on that like does didn't matter to me um so <laughs> for an like, to be honest it was an hour and 40 minutes it really felt more like a short story like i i, I don't think he added enough like meat on it i think it actually was a short... it could have been like a long uh, episode is like what it felt like yeah, that, that that's exactly it. Um, just I want to quickly pivot to Ethan Hawke too, because you touched on this before. The things that people apparently the things that critics really love were it was namely the performances and the faithfulness to the source material and the screenplay. The performances for me, I'm sorry, Ethan Hawke is doing his best. I, that villain doesn't make any sense to me. I'll actually going to dig in that in a minute. <laughs> faithfulness to the source material that that's only sometimes that can be a detriment to a film sometimes you need to go away from the source material a little bit that's what i mean it's an adaptation like that's that's actually yeah. that that sounds like a negative and the screenplay i'm <laughs> and they must have read a different screenplay i'm sorry i don't about like this is not to me this isn't one of those we've talked about this isn't a film where i'm like oh my god the structure can you believe how it came back or like oh the characters the way it balances everything complements and combines and swirls no it's pretty it's like not even a good screenplay as we said half of the characters like don't do anything some of the twists they've tried to throw in where it's like the cops talk to the guy who's like a cokehead who's actually one of the funnier characters but i like that wasn't a great movie and then the two house thing also not a great twist, especially because they're across the street from each other. It wasn't like they were like in different cities or something. It was just like did that that whole like you know, it just didn't make like it didn't give me a sad once it was revealed. I was just like, oh, that's weird. They're across the street from each other. Yeah. And bring it back to the the grabber. A couple issues with this character. First of all, to your point, having Ethan Hawke be in masks for most of the film. Yeah, probably yeah. not the best thing to do with the best actor in your. Uh, yeah. The other thing, did you understand the significance of the masks? Um, I mean, I I assumed it was supposed to scare the children somewhat and like you know hide his identity. Yeah, I didn't think. I, but did. they were always different. Like each mask yeah. was different, and so but I tried. Couldn't like I. I couldn't correct. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a symbologist. And like I guess that was the other thing. There was very little differences or variation or diff- sometimes it was a color, but they're all just basically ghoulish demon like weird masks. Like I I didn't love it. It's like, yeah, that's your best actor in the movie and you're hiding his face for ninety percent of the time. It's just uh, I didn't I wasn't in love with that either. Yeah, it was like a plot device that doesn't it's not adding anything. It's again like what are these I I get I I don't know how you could have done it, but I'm sure, Tom Hardy would have approved. Yeah, like or maybe like use the masks as clues. It's like his wears like headspaces at that time. It was just very weird. But like, th- this is gonna sound very dark. Going in a little bit deeper on the grabber. This takes place in the seventies. For anyone who's familiar familiar with true crime, this is a very important time. Like children are being abducted, serial killers are abound. Like 
seventies. Like this isn't a. <laughs> yeah, like this is like this. The U.S. is no longer like it's not the fifties. Like it's a different time. This guy is a child abductor. He, and like I'm not again. Don't want to go dark. Children are usually abducted for some like specific thing. Like he's this child abductor, and yet they don't choose to really touch on any of the sub-related topics to child abduction, human trafficking, right. human exploitation, child exploitation. They have him put the kids in a basement and he leaves the door open so he can scoop them up. Like it's even yeah. that whole thing. Like, yeah, that whole thing where it's like, he, it's, they call it the naughty game or something where it's like, he wants the to be quote unquote naughty by trying to escape. And then he can punch, I guess is what his, his like, thing was but yeah i agree like that's a real i mean just kind of dumb device for a movie to not show like what's really happening in a child abduction because i promise you that's not what most child abductors do and even like again i'm not trying to go somewhere dark or take it but like what i'm saying is like, what about like psychological torture like he's not even like in the room scaring them like he's not like it's just yeah. like you put him in a room it was just and i like i don't get it wasn't like he put on scary music like i'm thinking of the film ransom when uh the kid is actually ransomed to keep him disoriented keep him disoriented they put tape on his eyes shut and play loud music and it's it's one of the scariest scenes and it's like this poor kid and i'm not saying you need to do that there's a huge delta between killing a kid and putting him in a room by himself for 30 I'm not the writer, but I imagine that, that a, a good writer could find another way to extract tension out of that moment. Like, or that situation. I, and like, it's not like it got any better. Like I, they were playing these games, but it was like, it felt like the grabber. Again, how did you not hear him talking to the ghost? Just everything about it. Like, I know, yeah, now I wonder that too. Like, how do you not hear that? Those... How is he not suspicious? Just to me, everything about this world is constructed in a way where it completely collapses in on itself. Not even if you pick at it, if you just look at it. Like, I'm not pulling strings here. I'm, we're just looking at it. This is a grabber, a child abductor. He is a serial killer. But what does he do with the kids when he grabs them? He, he's grabbed them. And yet to satisfy some weird logic, which were never truly explained to us, he has to try and lure them to escape from a house they've been abducted from. Like that again, like that is a child's, that is a child's game. That is a child's mentality that's being put through it. That's trying to be projected through an adult lens. And it's like, to me, it just doesn't work. The grabber is not, I don't understand at all how this buzz, this film had buzz. I don't understand. It's not scary. It's not interesting. It's not funny. There's no sex, and not yeah. saying that to be gross. Obviously, there's kids. Like there wouldn't be like horror films are usually violent. There's no strong female character though either. Where it's like yeah. you have a sister, but like there's no like adult female that's like a. Um, you know the, the 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 Jeremy Davies character, I actually thought of anybody's performance, he might have been carrying his a bit more. Um, but at the same time, it's like a very like plot story for that guy um you know lost his wife somehow the wife you know had oh 
also just quick just quickly on that you're 100 percent right i should not have overlooked jeremy davies i know i should on him for he is a major actor i uh he was in saving private ryan he's great sorry yeah he's i love him i actually he was the best actor in this he was like the most compelling his few scenes it's like okay there's some real emotion on screen and then it goes away and you have ethan hawk Speaking in a weird voice or wearing a weird mask, pretending to game with a kid, and it's like this is how this is how I felt about the grabber. I'm sure you feel this way when you play with your kids. You're like chasing them around them too close, and you want to let them get away. Like, like you're oh, you're like okay, I got like pause a minute, and you let them get like a little further away, and then you. That's what that he did for an hour and thirty minutes. <laughs> that is fun like to the parent in that role because you are getting the tension of that game but like I, they don't do a good job of translating what he's getting out of this like is it a rush is it a thrill is it like does he want is it does, that he gets to inflict pain on them is it like oh you broke a rule i'm serving justice or is it like he's getting off on there like at one point i thought it was like almost like a vampiric thing like he was like absorbing the negative energy or fear or tension but he's not they don't explain that it's clearly yeah, not what he's doing my okay, so my honest feeling about it is that look, most of like most child abductors, um, you know, there's a section that they're after, and like there's pedophilia involved, and like I just don't think this movie wanted to cross that line. They were cool with graphic violence, especially early on in the movie, but once it gets into the kid being captured and taken down to the basement, they didn't want to cross the line of like what actually would happen in a child abduction like that, and like you know, look, I'm not saying movie and watch like them get into that but at the same time it just leaves so unrealistic and weird and childish like you're saying if he just gets his thrills by playing this weird game what are trying to let them escape bring it back in there it's just that's just not it's not scary for the viewer it's not realistic it's just like i don't think it worked for the movie so like whether that was like discussed not going to go into that we're not going to cross that line maybe that's the case but that's kind of what it like for in my gut, I guess. Uh, I think you're 100% right. Uh, and thank you. Yeah, I was to turn around. You're you, you, you nailed it. There is uh, that was definitely what I was alluding to before. Not saying I don't want, I wouldn't watch that movie. Yeah, and nobody would, and nobody would. And, and I get that. But like the, the, the few things there, there are ways to, there are, yes. <laughs> the, the two things that I was thinking of, though, was that you don't need to, you don't need to, like, it, you don't need to. You, yeah, you don't, I agree. There's a way you can, like, allude to it without graphically and, like, or, still or just it. allude to something else. Like, he does something yeah. with them. Like, there's some type of torture. And then the only other thing I would say is, and other example is prisoners. And, and there's a child yeah. abductor in that. And there is, there is no at least it's in the film there there is no sexual nature to that child abduction right. but they still that person tortures the child too it throws them in a pit like under their house and like there is like there's an element of torture there too and um again i'm not rewriting it everything you said you you're right i actually think that is you nailed it <laughs> I, I am not I, i'm being too hard on them in that sense uh i guess that's you just nailed it though. It's a, it's, it it's seems... a topic for a movie. I mean, uh, child abduction on its own is a tough topic, but like 
the actuality of that is like an even tougher thing to get into. And so, I mean, it's just, obviously it's to, not, to not replace it with something, even if it was watered yeah. down, like to just have yeah. it to your point, it's if the implication is so obvious and to have it like not addressed, it just for me leaves a huge gap. And I'm not saying it needs to be a pedophilic sexual thing in nature, but like, what was it then? Like, it's just as like, he just kills kids to kill kids. Like, like it just like that's you're evil for evil's sake like even if it's it's like he tortures them and then like eats them and like does the Hannibal Lecter thing at least that's like a thing right where it's like okay this ends with him having a meal you know that's the classic the the witch uh, Hansel and Gretel that's the oldest one in the book like that's like there's so many uh, uh, even one of the things I was like you want to get real dark what if he shows up to help the parents search for him? Like, what if it's that? What if it's he's getting the like be interesting too? Yeah, I agree. He's torturing yeah. the living ones. They're just as like uh, again, it's not for me to rewrite, but it just we've written it four times, but yes. Yeah, that but I guess what it's like it's not for us to rewrite, but it should have been rewritten. And uh, this is the last thing I'll say. I'm looking at the Wikipedia and like Derrickson said he was inspired by the 400 blows, Devil's Backbone, and Rosemary's Baby. I've seen all of those movies. Thankfully, you forced me to watch 400 Blows. The fact he is even alluding to those films is makes me so angry. Like I am like bristling with rage. 400 Blows. I mean, I kind of get, I kind of get what he's saying. You know, 400 Blows. The kids leave school, they run around, and it's like I can. Kind of, but I mean, that's a real, real loose uh, influence, I think. Um, so yeah, I mean, I like those movies a lot more than this one. I'll tell you that. You, I, you're you're more generous than I. I. You're right. There's definitely it's not it's not off base, but I would be more comfortable with him referencing Recess Schools Out, the animated film from 1996. I think that is more in line with the type of content and quality we get in this film in terms of the yeah, way I mean, they treat the characters. I also thought like there was an element of like Days to Confused to it. To it too. It's almost yeah. like the polar opposite of Days to Confused, where it's like this is like kind of how nostalgic 70s and like driving around in our cars and like. This was kind of like the whole aspect of it, I guess. But yeah, I don't know. Um, I would have, uh, I mean, I felt like they did a good job again, like with that setting and creating that 70s vibe and everything. But like, again, like I would have just stayed in reality. Like, I think they just go into fairy tale land so quickly. And then it just, it, t- it took that they like created. Yeah. It was, again, it tons of money. I, I'm not, like we're here criticizing it it made tons of money it sounds like they're gonna make a sequel it's it hasn't hurt any of them but yeah this is to me this is the type of horror movie you said it earlier this is the type of horror movie that after i see it just reminds me or any movie that i see it just reminds me oh there's still a hype machine like yeah. you can still you, you can still you can still hype a movie to success um it's, again the fact that this film made 161 million dollars i'm just like it blows my mind like it is i'm sure that legitimate fans of it i don't want to say that like our opinions you know are but i i would be hard pressed to like listen to somebody tell me that this is a great movie or even though it's just i don't i didn't see it i mean i guess that's out there but i watched it well i i would be the first to concede in the movie as it goes along i'm following along i'm enjoying it like i from a from a yeah. pump me with adrenaline, but I I bash it a lot. 
I like Ethan Hawke. He's good in the film. Jeremy Davies is good in the film. The, the, the acting, the children are great. Like the acting's great. There's nothing wrong with the acting. I just thought the children actors were pretty good. Um, they were. For yeah, me, they were. My problem, again, can we come back to you? It's a horror movie. It's a supernatural horror movie. I, I don't understand the supernatural aspect of it. And that's really the linchpin of the film. And, and yeah. hey, you're talking to the guy who's going to go see Ant-Man Quantumania opening night in two weeks. Something tells me they're not going to have all their screws fully bolted or all their bolts fully screwed in when it comes to the logic, uh, logic train. But with that being said, like, I, I do know that to shrink and grow, Ant-Man has to do certain things. Like, I know, like, yeah, right. again, it just keeps coming back to they did such a good job building this world. I wish they just spent like five more minutes or maybe less. I don't know. I just wish there was a little more structure and logic around the phone how it worked why it was important why it was finny like it, it yeah i'll stop but yeah, it, I agree. Just, make some like have some structure and some tools sort of for how, like how all of that's working just so it makes sense for the viewer or even like again the phone like why can't the kid just be having dreams while he's down there and like in dreams i mean for all i know like you could just interpret it that way and he's dreaming that he's talking to these people on the phone but it like it really seems like it wants you to believe that there's this magical phone. Like that's really how it felt. <laughs> that's actually, I like your, I like that idea that it was him like having like conversations with himself or like people, like maybe it's like him talking to his sister. It's like in his head or his dad or his, his mom. Maybe we get a picture of his mom or grandma. Yeah, yeah, like, allude to that. So like the way they do it in the film, it's just kind of like, here's the phone. It's ringing. Who's on the other end? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. That that I'm pretty much I tapped out all my my complaints. Anything else you want to talk about this one? No, I think we we uh, we bashed it pretty good. I mean, it, <laughs> it's, it, it come. I mean, again, disappointed. Um, I yeah. I mean, I, we don't have, but it's like I, I I guess I would say like I would like to hear the perspective of somebody that thought it was a really good movie just to kind of get their point of view. Um, I could see somebody talking themselves into good performances. I just don't see how they could talk themselves into the whole black phone concept, like being a great concept. I just didn't think it. Yeah, that's a great. I would, I would. You change my mind many a times. I would like the opportunity for someone to change my mind here because I, 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 it's not a, it's it's well made. There's some talent on the screen. Just didn't click for me. I would love to know what connect with. I'm going to give this bad boy. It's probably going to be higher than it deserves. I'm going to give it like a 4.5. Um, I'm going to give it. I'm going to give it like a three. Okay. I'm actually coming down to a four. I'm sorry. That, that 4.5 felt way too high. And then as you said it, sorry, you got, you got. I mean, it's like, I will say I did watch it through it wasn't like i wanted to walk out on it um and it does it creates a setting first act really well you mentioned it kind of goes overboard with the violence i think that jeremy davies performance actually does save it a little in terms of like at least there's somebody that's doing something with like a part that like isn't there's not a ton there on the page and he kind of has a take on it so i and like i've always thought kind of an interesting actor I think he he is also kind of doing the same thing in a lot of his roles, but um, I again I really found myself wishing 
I could have seen Ethan Hawke do more than just wear a mask and like do a funny voice. I didn't, I didn't think that was a great performance just because like you're putting on a weird voice and wearing a mask. So I, I, I get that some people were into that. I wasn't into it. And I like him as an actor. So I just, I wish that was done differently. Um, and the, I mean, it, the kid actors were pretty solid. I don't know their performances, but the writing, the, the writing needed more work. Yeah, no bueno. I, I, I said to see what he does next, but. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm interested. It, but now I'm kind of worried there's, there's going to be a sequel to this. And I'm like, I don't want to see what it is. Me either. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know what else to say. I guess this movie didn't grab me. <laughs> Sad. Yeah, what would you do without me? What would you do without that pun? How'd you feel about his brother to death at the end? <laughs> what was that? How'd you feel about Ethan Hawke just like dropping the axe on his brother's head? Um, you know, on a, just like instantaneously once the brother finds it, out. It me was like not even didn't even register. I was like, I believe it because we have not seen anything about the grabber that would lead me to believe he's sympathetic. Like it, it was yeah one of those things where like I felt like in a different movie that could have been really jarring, but I had no reason to believe there was anything. Why is he letting his brother hang around this house where he's keeping children in the basement and the brother doesn't know? That was the that was the, that was the <laughs> thing that I also didn't understand. Like, and I didn't. I knew the brother had some problems, but like. You're going to know, not, even if he's like a, a whack, he's like a little coked out, like you're going to know if there's a kid in the basement. Like, come on. And, and also, like, as we were saying, like, for the very reason we were kind of like, ooh, I don't know, like, we were trying to tiptoe around, like, the violence around children. And this care, like, the reason is because it's so universal across cultures, like, it is the type of thing a brother would turn, thing a family member would freak out about. And, the, like, that's the type of thing, like, if you, there was, like, dozens of children missing, he would have picked up on it. And, like, that, like, that, and, I, again, the fact that he killed his brother, to me, indicated that he knew his brother would turn on him. Like, it was, and, and again, it just made less sense. The character in the world made less sense after that happened. Like, I just, it didn't make sense to me. It was a weird, like, component that, that like, a brother was living in that house, like, uh, unknowing about the children and the, all the deaths, it was just like, what? Yeah. Also, I, I would love to see the version where the brother survives and is trying to, like, trying to tell the court that he had no idea, like that. <laughs> show me that movie, like that. Show me that. Show me the room he's like that. That, that was again. How did the brother not know? I'm going to stop. I'm not even going to think about it. But right now, my mind is just. He would need to have his face buried in cocaine, like, yeah. for months to not notice. Like, I don't. There's the, yeah, doing a lot, of, and then there's not knowing about you know a dozen children dying in basement that you're living above. Like I just I can't understand. It's also I felt like he's on painkillers. He's not on psychedelics. He's not high on weed. He's not drunk. He's on something that increases attention and focus. <laughs> I'm like it's I can't I can't like I, I can't. I, again I would give anything to be in the room during one of these reads but i'll let it go we, I, I'll, as i said i i did maybe i did grab this film i'm gonna let the hate go i think i think it's time to say goodbye to uh, i think it's time to hang up on the black yeah. phone so well, yeah what we it was a three and a and a four so yeah one you can if you don't if you don't need to you don't need to watch. yeah don't don't, don't answer this one
And that's Go the end of the podcast. Honestly, like, wow, I would rather spend my time watching Sinister. That's about Yeah, I, I, would, I would definitely rather watch Sinister again. I, I might even read the short story several times, ten times, just instead of watching this film again. Um, all right. All right. Black phone, three and a four from your boys. We'll talk to you later. Goodbye, people. Bye.